welcome to another episode of Developing Your Football World podcast. I'm Matt Ward again, and with me I've got James McAloon, who's basically just joining me. It's only us two because we've had a couple of uh, discrepancies in tri-nation communications, which means we was going to have Stephen Constantine on, uh, but unfortunately between the three of us in three different time zones, well, who knows where Stephen is sometimes. He's been in uh, more countries than me and James put together. So we did have a bit of trouble and we're going to get him on uh, early next week. So me and James are going to have a bit of a bit of a chat, try not to bore too many people and just to use up uh, another 30 or 40 minutes or so. You might find some value in it, you might not, but it's better than doing nothing and sitting watching these tenders. I don't know, James, is these tenders on lockdown? Uh, not sure, you know, I haven't watched EastEnders since I last owned a VHS machine, so um, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, yeah, absolutely right. We're really looking forward to speaking to Stephen on Monday, I think it is. And I think I mentioned to you, Matt, one of my career goals, like my main ambition, if anywhere to ask you, is what would I like to do with my football career it would be to, to take a national team. Uh, men's or women's to a major tournament so and being as Stephen's done that twice I believe I think he's the man I need to speak to so I'm really looking forward to that yeah so you that that's that'll be spot on for you and uh I have to take full responsibility as kind of team leader uh I hold that failure on my shoulders and hopefully I can redeem myself and get the team together again on Monday and uh, you'll you'll get a good bit of insight because I'm sure, I'm sure he's got a lot to share. Well, he has, in fact, because it, it, have you read his book? I haven't read his book, no, but um, I'm sure it's sure it's definitely worth uh, it. Is it downloadable? Must um, read. Yeah. From, from Delhi to the Den. Fantastic. No, I'll, I'll definitely get that downloaded. Uh, is it, obviously, I'm sure we can download it from one of the... For sure. And, uh, sites. I put it up there next to... so. Apart from the autobiographies, obviously Roy Keane and Ferguson, everything, they're interesting, but Stephen's book and Living on the, Volca Living on the Volcano uh, is, is just immense. Fantastic. Who's Living on the Volcano? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but basically it goes through uh, the lives of a few different managers, now less well-known managers, yeah. and then it goes through just the pressures they go through and the troubles they go through. And, and one guy, one coach is talking about uh, the breakdown he had. That's why he's not coaching anymore. And these are all kind of conference, League One, League Two championship managers. And it, it just shows you the real stress and drain they're, they're put under. And you can see why, why coaches age, you know, and for example, Mourinho massively, you can see when he's, he just looks great, doesn't he? Like, uh, like uh, the old spitting image when it used to have uh, John Major on and he's all grey. And then yeah. Mourinho goes away for a bit of a break for, for a month or two and he comes back all coloured and, and fresh. So, fresh, yeah, yeah. That, that book as well, very good. Very so good. We've got two, two book recommendations there, Delhi to the Den from Stephen yeah. Constantine and Living on the Volcano. And we'll... Uh, yeah, let me just check... Figure out who it is. Let me get my Google out quickly and be really antisocial during the oh, podcast. Another, another book that I really enjoyed was Neil Warnock's book. I think he might have a couple of them, but his, um, his books and his insights into, the, into his career were, were fantastic as well. Because I'm, a, I'm a, not the, the 
the biggest of readers. I'm not into a lot of fiction, but when it comes to autobiographies and, um, and real, real stories, non-fiction, uh, especially about sports and, and things that I can relate to, well, I, I always get, I'm really, always really excited to, to read those kind of books. So thank you yeah, for well, great yes. recommendations there. Yeah, the, yeah, definitely these, both of these then. Living on the Volcano, The Secrets of Surviving as a Football Manager. Mm, and okay. yeah, really you, you read that and then you kind of, you, you read these books to kind of motivate you to be a, a football coach or a manager, which is what I was doing at the time. Yeah. But at the same time, you should be thinking, oh, that, that's cut me off a little bit. But for me, it, it had the opposite effect. I was like, yeah, I want a bit of that. Yeah. So I probably blame books such as that and probably Stephen's book for my times obviously in, in jail and stuff in the Philippines and, and getting my passport stolen in, in Ghana. You know, I, I, I blame these books for my experiences in my book. So yeah, yeah, yeah obviously your, your own book. Um, again, remind us of the title again, Matt. Zero to pro in four years. Zero to pro in four years. And has it got all the bits about um, being in jail, all the detail, everything in there? Yeah, well? yeah, all, all the details, uh, a few, a few uh, P's and Q's, um, real, real deep details, such as basically being manhandled into the prison cell. And because I was being very stubborn and awkward, I use M words, I didn't have time to get rid of all my watch, my wedding ring at the time, the, uh, my mobile phone, and just took me in the cell. And the first thing they did, they basically mugged me. <laughs> but it was, it was a pleasant mugging. It was, it was what I can imagine. I've not been mugged before, but the most polite mugging you could have. So the guards actually stood and watched them mug me. Uh, my mate, who had just scored a hat-trick the night before, which is why I went out to, to kind of join him celebrating his hat-trick on his birthday, mm. he was sat on the floor just shaking his head like, Matt, just let them do it. So the shortest guy, he was about, he, he was shorter than Tom Cruise. He was about four foot five. He had a <laughs> massive metal bar. And uh, he stood there like smacking the, the metal bar into his other hand. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? The guards are stood there. And two guys... Uh, stood either side of me and you know, one guy just picked my pockets and uh, went off in the corner, took all the money out. I think there's about 80 quid in it. Uh, and then gave me my wallet back with all the cards and everything still in place. And they said, oh, we'll let you keep your, your watch and wedding ring. I said, oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and that was my uh, mugging experience. Luckily, though, there, there was a silver lining, uh, lining. There was a silver lining because the money they did take from me kind of guaranteed our safety uh, for the time in there. And it even got us a, a blanket at night, which was good. And a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, a cup, a cup of coffee. We got some rice and stuff. So the 80 quid was well used, uh, bought our protection, uh, but not an experience I would want again. I've got a few tattoos myself, but I haven't got them dripping like a tear from my eyeball. Uh, so it was quite intimidating. And this was, the, this was the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, it was full of it was full of gangsters, and and I I found out later. I said, "Why is everyone scared of the little guy with a metal pole?" Basically, he he murdered his his uh, neighbour, uh, and there was a another foreigner in there, sat in the corner with a, a looked like a, a boy, but it was like a probably a twenty year old guy sat on his knee, 
I said, what's going on with him? He said, oh, yeah, he's in here for, for rape. I said, look, why? I'm in here for the wrong reasons. What? <laughs> oh, not wrong reasons. What am I doing in here at all? I said, this is dreadful. And then later, the guy, the, the, the rapist came over to me and said, oh, yeah, you're a football coach. I said, mate, I don't want to talk to you. He said, no, I want to talk to you about coaches. I said, please go away, man. That, yeah. that was one of the many battles I had in my, in my night, my overnight stay. But anyway, yeah, I won't, That's I won't the longest talk too night. much about it. That's the longest <laughs> night. But it does lead us in, well, lead us, lead us that, could, that could be another book on its own, I think. I've, yeah, I've, I've, prepared, I've prepared a set of quick-fire questions for you so we can all get to know the man behind the, the, the book and the British Football Coaches Network a little bit better. A little bit is some kind of like um, questions about uh, you know, food and stuff, but mostly about, about coaching. Uh, there's only... I do my best on quick-fire. I don't know... If you heard the podcast on on the on Wazza's podcast, yeah, and the uh, the one they're doing, uh, but they fired off a few quick ones, and I struggled a little bit, but I do my best. And and ironically, I, I've got some quick fire ones for you. Oh, also after. fantastic! Well, what we've got on here, we on. you've only got two answers for each question, so like you can choose one or the other. So you can't hey, really I, go I can, wrong. I can do that. I do my best. All right, then. So we're going to start. Um, I'm nervous it's always good and we'll get as they get along they get a little bit more difficult okay question number one Indian or Italian Indian red or blue red Chance? ah sorry red wine red wine but blue is my favourite colour you can't get blue wine so blue blue okay uh, Champions League or World Cup World Cup Ice cold or red hot? Ice cold. Was that the answer? You're still thinking. Ice cold. Ice cold. Uh, yeah. Counter attack or high press? Counter. Love it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so. Uh, I'm just so Mourinho. Like, I'm just so horrible. So pragmatic. Love it. I love it. So are you, you're, are you a Mourinho or are you Ranieri and the Leicester title winning side? Mourinho, unfortunately. Ooh, beautiful. All right, here we go. Here's a topical one, one that's been in the news a lot recently. Graeme Souness or Paul Pogba? Paul Pogba. <laughs> yeah, got to, got to say Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba, okay. Well... Yeah, I've got different different opinions there, but for all for all the players and and, and younger coaches, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Paul Pogba. He, I think it, Paul Pogba, he's he's a lot. He's 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 a modern footballer. He's a lot to handle in terms of if you manage him well, you'll get the best out of him. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, was he going to say but though? Or I was going to say or, yeah. I was going to say but I don't think Graham Souness would be able to manage him well. No, it, it, exactly. So that's why I, I would say Pogba, because you've got to take that. Now, if you, if you rate yourself as a coach, you could work with him. Even, let's say Pep. Pep would probably have, he, he'll be thinking, you know what? I can't have this guy for too long because it's going to drain everyone, drain yeah. me as well. Pep's already draining. But he, he would be confident of getting the best out of him for at least a season, right? Yeah. And since he's been at United, 
the, the, he's, he's just wait for me. He wasted his time there because he just hasn't. He's not done it consistently for the time he's been there, which is a real shame. Um, and I think hopefully if he comes back and does it next year, or he, he just simply has to move on, because you don't yeah. go from being you know a star at, at Juve and a World Cup winner to not wanting to play football, which everybody's kind of portraying that he is. I just don't think that's true. I just don't. And, 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 and even if it is right, and yeah, from the outset, it does look like it. And I don't like this. I don't like all the new, new age kind of social media is more important, the haircut's more important than, than playing and concentrating on training games and stuff. But that, that's how it is now. Yeah. And, oh, well, I'm, I'm not experienced enough, really, to have any opinion on that, really. But, you know, you've got to roll with the times. You've got to roll with the punch. I don't like seeing all the people in every country now, probably at least most countries in Asia, walking around like zombies with a face stuck in the phone. Like, what happens if zombies started actually coming out? Everyone looking down on the phones would, well, basically turn into a zombie. They'd be gobbled up. <laughs> They'd be gobbled up. And then just there's so there's just no awareness. But then if you if you lose the energy being drained about this day in, day out, it's not gonna change. So yeah. you've got to adapt. Just like coaches and managers have got to adapt. Exactly. Players aren't all are gonna all of a sudden gonna gonna go, Oh yeah, sorry, we've got to stop using all our technology and we've got to go back to being like the model pro like Duncan Edwards, uh, God bless his soul from the Busby Babies and that. It's not going to happen. So it's up to the coaches and managers to evolve as well. Evolve or okay. die. Or lose your job. Right, next one. Uh, Manchester United or Manchester City? United. TV or book? Book. Beach or sightseeing? Beach, but not to go in the sea. Just on the beach. Relaxing. Problem. No, sorry, mate. Sightseeing now. I'm getting on a bit. Sightseeing. Yeah, sightseeing. I like I like a swimming pool, as you as you obviously know. know. Yeah. yeah. No worries. You can come and see. You can sit sit by my pool. It's not Thanks, there. Mate. Send you down. Ho Chi Minh for sightseeing for a day. Um, here we go. Number one uh, for you. Uh, Roy Keane or Robbie Keane? Roy. Roy. Last minute clearance. Or last-minute goal? Goal. Goal. More exciting. If it's, to, if it's to win, yeah. If it's to win. Yeah, to win. So, last-minute clearance to keep you winning or a last-minute goal to, to, to win the game. Yeah. Uh, comfortable win or sensational comeback? Comfortable win. I'm so anxious. I really suffer. Really. Yeah, good. Comfortable win. Every, you know, most people would say comfortable win, wouldn't they? Sensational comebacks are like once in a, not once in a career, but once in a season, I'd say, isn't it? That you can handle that. Yeah, I've, I've ex <laughs> that was my time in China. And it was, although it was really massively exciting, four threes, three twos, five threes, it, it nearly killed me. So, yeah, <laughs> if I had a preference. Yeah, good to win. Uh, talent or hard work? Hard work. Premier League or La Liga? Premier League. Barcelona or Real Madrid? Ah, Real Madrid. Because they're just horrible. Who? Real Madrid? Yeah, like in a good way. But do you know, I'm going to say something 
totally unpopular now. Barcelona really bore me. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're definitely going for a I'm fight. still not a football man, am I? How yeah, can anyone well. say Barcelona bore him? But it, it, it does. It does. Barcelona now or Barcelona like of the last 10 years? I used to like the Barcelona with Stoichkov or yeah. Ronaldinho. Michael Reisiger, right back. Okay, so like the, the, the Cruyff era. Yeah. yeah. That's fair enough. Um, here we go then. This is kind of... Uh, the next question will lead into that a little bit. Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad? Game of Thrones was a disappointing ending. Is it, end is it finished though? Is it... Fi well, it it's going to get to be one of them like how many more are you going to make well, it's, like, I, I, it's got to be I ended up watching I ended up missing one of the uh, uh, you know when all the Marvel characters unite Avengers yeah I went straight to the last one I missed the one before Kronos whatever he's called I'm like who is this Kronos guy why is everyone scared of him <laughs> oh it's not Thanos Thanos not Kronos Thanos I said why is everyone really scared of Thanos and they said oh Mate, you've got to go back and watch the one before this one. And then I found out. I, uh, Breaking Bad, I, I, I look a bit like uh, Walt. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can see that. I can see that. You can I get got, a double. I've got a bit of Waltness in me. Yeah, there you go. Breaking Bad. Yeah, you got that. Okay, here you go. Sir Alex Ferguson or Sir Bobby Robson? Fergie. Fergie. Woo. Uh, next one. Four one four four two or one four three three. Or your favourite formation. Favourite formation is five four one. Five obviously, four one. Yeah, obviously turning into kind of wing backs when needed. And where and where and who supports the striker? The, the, the wing backs or someone pushing on them for Basically, yeah. <laughs> Basically, the, the 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 wide players, or or I like a four, or like a four five one, a four yeah. five one. Obviously, with your two wide players supporting the main striker, but then I would use only one holding midfielder. So normally, you've got the normally you've got the uh, the two pivots. Yeah. They have the ten playing, but I like having the one pivot and having a, a kind of an eight. And then the 10. The okay. one pivot, my argument for that is they know the role. This is your area. There's not two pivots to deal with the same, uh, the same ball. Yes. So this, is you, this is your roles and responsibilities. No one's going to do your job because you're doing it. And it, well, for, for players at kind of lower level, um, without disrespecting the, the guys uh, I, I won the league with, this is how we did it. And uh, it worked perfectly because we had the ideal players to play in that position as well. They just cleaned everything up. They protected the back four so much, just being a one body. This is where no your house and this is where you live. Yeah, that's it. No confusion. Like Mac Makalele. Exactly. Exactly that. The modern, the, not the modern six, the original six. The original wow. six. But his, name was, original six. his name was William Lopez. William Lopez. Yeah, strong. Fantastic. Strongly. Right, here we go. Uh, last three questions. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold or Andrew Robertson? 
it's, it's been a long time since I've watched like a full game on TV. Yeah. I can't watch games now. Uh, I, I can't, my brain doesn't relax. It doesn't let me watch you're, you're football. Coaching. So, <laughs> yeah, it's bad, isn't it? So, <laughs> I, I'll go with Trent. He, he's, they're both talented, Trent. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely, they're both fantastic fullbacks. I like uh, Robertson because of his uh, his character on the field. He's, he's, he goes around annoying, annoying people, but without getting caught for it. Uh, like, so I, think, I think he's quite a, quite a character. I like him. He puts people in their place. Uh, last two questions. Uh, Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Oof, traditionalist. Okay, and this one leading in to what might be next in your coaching career, Matthew. International head coach or club head coach? So, this is something I've always, well, I've been asking myself, when the time comes, even if, but it's probably more when, when the time okay. comes, I'm interested, interested in coaching again. Uh, I would like to get involved in a national team. It could be Taiwan in some capacity. Most likely uh, in women's football, okay. I'll find that challenge. And I'm not one of them saying, oh, yeah, because it's, it's a great pathway just for any coach to get into. But I'm, I'm really, I'm genuinely intrigued by it. And the Taiwan's Women League is taken, excuse me, taken very serious here. So it could be club or country somewhere women's uh, related in Taiwan. Fantastic. And uh, have you coached women's football before, Matt? Or? Just a little bit in China, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, just really receptive. I got a lot out of it myself. And also, I think the first session I did with senior women, I learned so much as a coach because I basically learned that it's, it's totally different. You have, you have got to change some... Uh, yeah, you 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 gotta you gotta make some changes how you would normally coach or the content or how you actually uh, how you actually deliver as well. Well, especially it's in Chinese as well. And uh, yeah, it, it it was a really good challenge, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I enjoyed seeing what they got out of it. Not that I'm saying, oh yeah, it was amazing for them, and it was a privilege for them. It was great. They 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 was coached by me, but. I, I felt like they was really responding well and they enjoyed it. And afterwards, just having them come up and say thank you and explain like they really enjoyed what I did here and that, that, that was, it was really good for me. So, yeah, I wouldn't, lie, I wouldn't mind going into kind of that environment again and improving myself as a coach in that region, uh, in that way, in, in the women's game and become a good women's coach and see where that goes. I think, yeah, the really important word that you use there, and I think they hit the nail on the head, is receptive. Uh, I think what, what, if once you're in, in women's coaching or girls' coaching, it's far easier to get the message across uh, because they seem to get it quicker. I don't know what it is, but I, I've had the same thoughts myself. No, no, yeah. you know, no, no yeah. knocking the, all the boys and, and the men out there that we've all both coached, but um, if, if they could be a little bit more receptive to the information and get it on board quicker, we'd all... We'd all be happier. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think what, what I like, I like to do things what has a reason to do it. For example, working towards three points, which is like, which is why I enjoy senior football in yeah. the league with a club what's competing. Because that, that's my fix. 
it's like it's literally like a battle zone it doesn't matter what it is this is why in the philippines i was also the academy manager uh, of the club i was at so i was assistant first team coach and academy manager and it it wasn't great for me because i took over i think the u17 team is uh, we didn't have a coach and uh like was was expected to get battered and we won our first games and everyone was surprised and i, I was running it like a senior team yeah. And I started to realise that I couldn't really, and, and the word, you know, they, they wasn't getting the best out of me because I wasn't the best coach for them in that respect. Uh, but you I did Yeah, because I, I, was, I wasn't, you know, developing, but I was, I was coaching them, you know, giving them the coaching they needed. You know, little, little, little things like body shape when receiving everything, when to run with the ball instead of passing, stuff like that, how to penetrate the final third. You know, so I was still getting some good coaching in, but on game day, um, I'm straight in. The, the referee's in the change room. He's saying, oh, these, these players aren't registered. And I'm already battling with the officials before the game starts. And the parents are thinking, holy crap, like, what, what's happening? But they loved it. And the parents loved it. And it kind of brought a bit of professionalism. But that, it's not, it wasn't the right time. They're, they're 17, 16-year-olds. These Maybe, boys. Yeah, 17, 18, but you know, 16 year olds. Uh, and yeah, in, in, in the game, I went out to win. And that's why we we're winning matches. So during the game, I, I, I treated it like a, a proper professional match. So that's my bad. Uh, but at least they got some wins under the, under the belt. <laughs> but do you think that, like, I know you're saying that obviously development and you know maybe when you're saying you didn't develop them are you, are you referring to like not everybody got on or you know, everybody got the got their the time what is it why do you think that you why in your opinion didn't you develop them because for me you're saying they weren't okay yeah there are aspects that you can probably enlighten me more what you think is the was your downfall but i think that and i think i've alluded to this on previous podcasts I think we, we really need to be careful about instilling that winning mentality and the habit of winning. I think. Yeah. But anyway, you, you tell me why you don't think you, you, you're doing the right things. But what I first heard was like, yeah, that, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, James? I think you've got a point now. I think I'm so used to kind of hearing people saying, that's not right, you can't do that, or you've got to choose between development and winning. That I'm your head so yeah in a way i guess i did develop them in different ways i think yeah. where i'm going from with them they had there was this uh, south korean coach called mr mr kim or or, or something or and similar he, and, it, and he was like he was like a god and everyone talked about him because he he won a university league title in the philippines or something and that brings you up to god status i'm sorry but dreadful 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 coach in a game managing game management terrible so the players didn't like playing for him but he he was well known for developing youth players so he must he must be doing or he must have have done something right in his past to have that record and that reputation and obviously winning a college or university championship but then when i saw him during the game i i i he, he was the guy who I had to coach because he wasn't ready to come and coach yet. So I started, I won the first few games and he took over. I came a little bit late because I was uh, academy manager. And I had two or three parents run up to me before I even got into the ground. I just got into the entrance saying, Matt, please, you've got to take him back over, please. 
I said, well, what's going on? So I went there and it was just terrible. Uh, well, again, now this is a point. He had them doing some things which he shouldn't, which you're going to lose if you do anyway. But he, the little things like playing the ball or playing certain passes in areas where you shouldn't or doing side passes instead of playing forward. Ooh, square uh, passes. Square passes. Ooh, stuff no. like this. Just, just because it's counted as playing around, not playing out from the back, playing around at the back. So that's, that's his kind of development, you see. So, you know, some can take that, oh, he, he tries to get him playing football. But for me, I'm just like, no, that, that could have that broke the lines twice there, that pass. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't. And then the pass was intercepted. They run on and score, 6 0. Uh, and I thought, you know what? I need to go and, and win a, a university championship. So See, that was a master, no, Master Kim, not Mr. Kim, Master, Master Kim. See, this is the thing for me, Matt. You, you hit the nail, for me, it hit the nail on the head. You said, right at the start there that everybody says you can only you've got to choose between development and winning like any for me anytime anybody tells me that and i as you know not everybody knows and if everybody looks at my cv spent a lot of time in youth football you do not have to choose all the time between development and winning it's 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 an absolute fantasy winning is part of development you have to choose yeah. the right moments. In your coaching sessions, you are going to provide the development for the players. That's, why, that's where, the, for me, development comes. When it comes to a game, if you have, for example, you have a, a team of, of 16 players going to a game. If you don't teach them how to win the game and everybody will play a part, or even if some players don't play a part, depending on what the opposition is, they will play a part at some point within that season or within that tournament because things will change but if somebody is also learning a lesson by sitting on the bench because exactly. they're learning something from that that's my opinion i don't believe that you have to choose i believe you have to do both the, the development in the training if more likely than not if it's there then the win should come i think you mentioned that before yeah uh, I, I will say though you know if yeah, because he, even in even in Ghana, like I, we wanted to win every game, but we had amazing developmental sessions where, like, we both both parties, players and myself, got a lot out of the session, developing each other. Like they 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 developed their running off the ball, their movement off the ball, how to hold the ball up, their support play, uh, creating two v ones out wide. It was all it was all uh, rocket science to them. So, so they were developed to do that, and then we took it into games, what allowed us to win. But I will say, when it comes down to whatever decision needs to be made, if it's probably an, a negative or pragmatic one, going back to the kind of Mourinho thing, I, I will always choose that way, rightly or wrongly. Even if, like, if, if I was like a Premier League manager, I'd be a total Mourinho, I'll get slated, and I probably wouldn't ever coach... Uh, a Barcelona uh, at all but that's just I just like getting three points like it means more to me not being beaten because if you don't get beaten like that's a great question right do you would you rather win or not get beaten and it probably shows people's philosophies and I agree that it should be 
to to win and to play nice, attractive, attacking, fast-flowing football. Great. Yeah, I want to do that as well. But I can't stand losing against the opposite coach. It's almost personal. Maybe I've got some deep, deep lying issues. But I, I don't want I don't want my guys and my players to be defeated. I don't want the club name to be defeated. I don't want me to have a, a loss by me. And then by that, I just I, I've learned how to win games. I'm not even an experienced manager, but I just know I feel confident of winning games. It is strange. I don't rate myself as like a really amazing coach, although I can hold my own but I know how to win games I love it and that's what I find amazing about winning and it's so addictive uh, the senior game getting three points and that's what scares me about going back into it again because it's all in or nothing that's what scares me it's a drug right it's an addiction yeah well that's what the, that's what the psychologists are now saying uh, the highs and lows of professional sport be it as a player or a coach are so dramatic that it's seeing that there are potential for um, mental health issues. And that's why we all have to be very careful um, about it and make sure that we have a, have a good balance. But I don't think, yeah, Matt, I think selling yourself a bit short there in terms of saying, if you know, if you've got that confidence and that belief, um, we'll go back to our conversation with, um, with Louis before the ABCs, attitude, belief, confidence. If you've got that, um, I don't think you should sell that short. I think you should, you, that's really important because you could be the best developmental coach or the best tactical coach in the world. And I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of them out there. But if you, don't, if you don't have the attitude, belief and confidence to go with it, then the rest is, is completely meaningless. You have to believe, you have to have the confidence, you have to have the attitude that you're going to go in and win games. You just have to have it. Yeah, and for you, sure. And you should really, and every coach out there, if you don't feel upset or you, as a coach or a player, you don't feel upset when you've lost a game, then you're going to, you're going to be limited to what you're going to achieve. Uh, obviously, massively. Massively. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just remembered a point just to, just to kind of back up uh, what, what I was saying about the way I think about the game, which is horrible. Uh, my best result my most proudest result ever was a nil-nil. And this was <laughs> when... <laughs> serious. And, and the game was on... The, uh, we got it on, on video, and it was the worst game to watch. It was all broken and bitty, because I made it like that. Just pure Mourinho's little disciple. And what it was... So we just won a league. Uh, we just won a league, and basically we, we won the, the qualifiers to get into the top tier of Taiwan. Yeah. Total underdogs, we, be, uh, we got through uh, three teams who are ex-Premier League teams. So we got through the qualifiers with them. Shouldn't have happened. And our first game of a new season in the Premier League was against the defending champions who had national team players, uh, ex-national team coach or whatever. And I was right. I was like, right, this is exactly what, this is my type of meal. This is what I'm built for. Just a horrible battle to really frustrate the league champions who should kill us 10-0, really. And everyone came to watch. Well, everyone. There's about 200 people in the crowd. The foreigners just wanted to see us get smashed, especially the ones who don't like me. And uh, we start playing, and it's not going their way whatsoever. We both have our chances. We have a little bit of luck and fortune. 
but we frustrated the hell out of them and we wasn't troubled. We got a nil-nil and at the end, their coach was fuming, hated it. It was almost like his whole life was an embarrassment now. They couldn't take drawing to us, nil-nil. Did he so shake that was my... Yeah, I still tried to. I can't remember if it did or not. Probably not. But that, we were buzzing. We were buzzing. We went and got the beers in after that. It was like we had won. That nil-nil was the greatest result for me. Possibly some of our players as well. Or maybe, no, maybe just me because I'm, I'm the only one like that. But that, that was brilliant. And then what that did, that set the foundations. We went, before I left for the Philippines, we went on a three-game unbeaten run. So the first three games in the Premier League, first time ever for us to be there, unbeaten. And we was in the uh, AFC playoff places. Fantastic. Even though it was four games or whatever, three yeah. or four games, we was there. So that, that, that all started from that nil-nil draw. That was the springboard to take us to the next two games unbeaten as well, which I think we've got another draw and a win. <laughs> I think, it, and also that's an important thing for, for coaches to understand that, you, you know, you, you play in style, philosophy, formation, whatever you want, but you, you do really have to look at the opposition in front of you and go, look, this is what we need to do today. Um, as you said, sometimes... People can be criticised for not wanting to, to get beat. But if you do it well and you don't get beat, then everybody's your best friend and they think you're quality. But if you don't get it right and, and not everybody's bought into it and suddenly yeah. your left yeah. back, who's supposed to be sitting in for the whole game, is, is playing as a, as a secondary striker because they've, they've got a rush of blood, then that's your issue. So. <laughs> and that happens. That happens. It, it, it does happen because... In our early days, me and Rob, who were coaching this, this uh, uh, the Royal Blues Taipei, in our early years with the team, the, uh, the league changed their rules. And to qualify for the top league, you, need, you could only have two foreign players on the pitch. Okay. They, they basically told us last minute, we had a team full of foreigners. So we had to start trials for Taiwanese players. And the rest of the countries got their Taiwanese players already took. So we had the drips and drabs from the country. Now... Our training area was like a pitch, but it was used by Frisbee players, dog walkers and everything. So we probably had half of the pitch. And uh, we had a load of Taiwanese. We, we had trials, we had about 40 turned up. We whittled it down. And uh, we had some good, good technical players. And me and Rob were nudging ourselves going, this is all right. Well, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we, we, I think we only got a chance to play one friendly because it was such a rush. Yeah. Up to the qualifiers, our, our back, what used to play on the national team outskirts or reserves or something, first, first minutes he's up front. Really? Saying, what, what's going on here? <laughs> and we're, and we're, we're trying to get the message across in Chinese to him. What are you doing? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Because he, he tried to take it out, the, the ball out the back, literally running with a ball, R-O-W. And uh, he, he lost it, like, on, on our own 18-yard box. They scored. That was the first minutes. He did it again after kickoff. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. Right, so we got the translator and said, make this clear. You tell him to stop. But anyway, that wasn't the biggest laugh. The biggest laugh was these plays we thought were okay were dreadful. <laughs> and why was that? It's because they were futsal players. Ah, right. Okay, so technically they were really... They Brilliant, looked bad. Yeah. Little, little small spaces, and the one friendly we had was a, quite a small pitch as well. Not a, a futsal size pitch, bigger <laughs> than that, but not a proper full size. 
So we still thought, we didn't know anything else. We thought, you know what? So that's on us. We, why didn't we know? We so what, what happened? How did you figure it out? Because you obviously did well. You got through. Oh, or no, no. This was, this was the first year we, we tried. Ah, okay. Yeah, this was a, so we, we failed. We lost both games. We got wallops because we could only have two foreigners. And what happened next year? So were you able to, or were you just better at recruiting the locals or were you still only allowed? No, so then they changed the rule again. So they kept on the CTFA, they just changed the rules willy-nilly. So they changed it back to like unlimited foreigners, but a certain amount of Taiwanese on the bench or under 23s or something. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that, that was the difference. Um, because if we could have foreigners the first time, we would have got through. But no, we had, we had the, the striker playing at centre-back and we had a load of futsal players. <laughs> So well, I, 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 said, I said, you know what, something's not right here. I said, look, there's something wrong with the players. And they just dawned on me because it was like they're, and, and this isn't knocking futsal players because you get some amazing oh, amazing. Really amazing, absolute brilliant. But they're the kind of, they're full, uh, preparal kind of uh, sight. Their, 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 their full kind of body or usage of the field was really limited. So that's when I, I actually pulled them and said, guys, are you, are you playing foot, uh, futsal as well? And they was like, yeah, yeah, we're futsal players. I said, oh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, lads. Yeah. <laughs> it's my fault. I should have asked them in the first place. But they said, yeah, yeah, we're playing for a Taipei club. I said, oh, right, great, great. Get on, get on then. It's half time. We're 4-0 down. See you later. <laughs> this is a lesson that um, for everyone, for yourself, for me, for everyone, make sure you, you ask the right questions and don't leave anything. Don't make don't any assumptions. Anything. Attention to detail cannot yeah. be overlooked. Anything. Oh, absolutely. But you've had that fantastic, that fantastic experience, probably at the right time in your career, taught you a very valuable lesson. Yeah. Blood, blood sweat and tears. So get, get that out as a tweet. <laughs> Don't make assumptions. Learn from... Learn yeah, from. Well, good thing about this lockdown, I've gathered a few more followers, but I've also had to block a few more because I've got random people saying, can you get us a job, mate? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, hang on, hang on. Literally, literally nothing else. Like, I, when, when my Twitter inbox message flashes or whatever it does, I'm scared to open it because sometimes it's literally, hi, mate, can you get us a job? <laughs> Hi mate, can you get us a job? I'm like, well, I don't know what in the factory or I don't know picking fruit. <laughs> mate, can mate, I get yeah. myself? Can I get myself a job? Is it all right if I get myself a job? I don't know, but it's just the way they go about it. I've got that's my big thing. Obviously, I'm a recruiter and I work a lot with coaches and I I do a lot of good work with them. But when I have my that energy drain just from the way it's delivered, it's got to be wrapped up better. Got to be. So what, what I'd say, mate, is if there's any people who are looking for jobs in football, whatever you do, don't do that. Open up with something about yourself, your experience and, and, and why you'd like a job. And then we might get a little bit further. Because... <laughs> exactly. exactly. And that's why I brought up... So that's why I brought this point up, not yeah. to complain uh, that I'm gaining and losing Twitter followers but as you said now actually 
rectify it and just as you said attack it like a normal conversation like you're trying to build a relationship first yeah so first give value once you have given value you're going to get something back in return for example if i want an orange from you and we don't really know each other i'll probably message you and say hey james i hope you're doing well mate uh I've seen, I've seen you got a couple of wins in Vietnam. Hey, great work. I've been watching your results. So already it's showing that I'm interested in you. Maybe I'm not, but already I've shown a little bit of interest in what you've done. I may have just Googled it. It doesn't matter. But, you know, that really works because when people do that with me, I can tell that at least it's a little bit of effort. So then I'll go, hey, uh, just to let you know, uh, I've just opened up a new banana shop. So if you want any bananas passing through to Vietnam, I can come over. And yeah. just give me any time. So already I've not asked anything whatsoever from you, but in fact, I'm offering something to you. Now that opens the door for you to come back. Hey, Matt, yeah, cheers. Oh, yeah, we, we did well in that second game. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, that would be amazing. And you know what? I've also got an orange shop. So likewise, if I can do anything for you, just give me a shout. And I'll say, brilliant. And that's our relationship created and possibly a business relationship. So this is how we need to be going about it, for sure. And I've learned this a hard way through many years, but I got to a point where I ended up every kind of job or interview or whatever I went for, I ended up getting. And that's where I built these principles from. So, yeah, I can only put so many courses and tweets and videos out about it. And I'm still going to get these and I, I'll roll with a punch. I accept it. <laughs> and the most important thing is, the people who aren't willing to listen to all the, the fantastic stuff that you do, all your mentoring courses, this podcast, for example, the advice that you give, if they're not willing, if they're not willing to take a bit of time to develop themselves, uh, develop their knowledge, then it's an easy delete <laughs> until they come back. Just works. I'm, I'm wondering, I reckon if you get a blue tick on Twitter, like that gives you that gives you kind of more authority just to ignore. Well, I, I, you, see, I'm not massive into Twitter at this moment. I used to be. Do you get a? Green I like tip? LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn more. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn right now. I'm just looking at my. I haven't got a green tick. Maybe I need to do more. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are you talking about, Twitter? Yeah. No, no, you you won't you won't have a blue tick. Why can't I get a blue tick? Well, you can, but I mean, nowadays there's a few people who have got blue ticks what shouldn't. But basically, Twitter used to, it used to be, when it first started, it used to be for like celebs or people, uh, who, people whose content was for public knowledge or what needed to be known or what was needed by the public or seen as useful by the public. Then you could apply to be verified. So if you, if you as an author, if you're a football coach, you normally got a blue tick or a player or an ex-professional sports player or a scientist or a doctor or something or a publicist uh, you've probably got a blue tick but now they've stopped that uh they've stopped that process so now you just got to be given one so there's people with huge followings i've got a really really poor one uh i think i've got two thousand people really poor but there's people with like twenty thousand and stuff what still don't have a blue tick but you can't like apply for it anymore. Not anymore, no. So you, sorry you, to you go in one day and you just get one. <laughs> just one day, yes. Yeah, so, sorry to rain on your little parade. You got excited then, giving it a quick check. 
I just said, I know, I just wanted to know what one. I've got 424 followers. I really need to up my Twitter game. I'll send some, all right, mate, you got any jobs going? I'll send them your way. Yeah, go on, pick them on, see, as long as I get some followers. Hey, Big Day, so before we say cheerio to everyone and to yeah. each other, let me just fire off your quick 21 Ooh. questions. Right. Really quick. Okay, ready? Ready. Okay, I'm not. Wait there. I'm serious. You're like, I'm really, I want to get a out. <laughs> where, where, did, where did I put them? See, I went, I went, I went lo-fi and put them, I, I did them in my notebook. I'm a notebook kind of guy. Oh, mate, you done, I, I really appreciate your effort now. I'm really grateful for that. I was there, there this afternoon. It was the thing I was going okay. through. Okay. Oh, we're here. back. Got my idea. You ready? Yeah. We're quick fire. Then it's bedtime. <clears throat> three, two, one, go. Four, four, two, or five, three, two. Five, three, two. <laughs> <laughs> Mourinho the third, <laughs> or wing back? So you like a bit of wing backs? I don't know. See, I'd have um, no. I, I'd be wing back. So, if we want to elaborate, I'd go three five two. I'm a big. I'm a big three at the back, man. Okay, okay. Best player coached. Putting you under uh, a bit. Just got to say one. I know. I know. Oh, best player coached. I mean, you might be horrible. I'm a horrible question master. Um, Ugo Chukwuegu Obi. Who's that for? Team Vietnam. Um, Vietnam and in Bangladesh. Best Nigerian. player faced Sorry, as second. a coach. Go on. Best player faced as a coach. Best team I've faced as a coach. Player, player, best player. Oh, best player. Even if you don't know the name. But I'm sure yeah. you will because you're going to go for, well, the most famous one being in um, Bangladesh again. Um, Daniel Kalindras. Where's, where's he from? Uh, he's Chilean. He's played in the World Cup. He's technically very, very, very good. Um, but he just gave us a, a really good... Um, it was, it gave us a good opportunity to, to coach him out of the game and make him really frustrated. Um, but yeah, probably technically the best player to coach against. Beautiful. Favourite third... Oh, let's just say unit. Favourite unit to coach. So in a, in a coaching session... Which unit do you like coaching best? Like as, as in like defensive third, middle third, yeah. attacking third, yeah. um, midfield third. That's what I, like. I like to try and inspire them with my vision. But <laughs> <laughs> my lack of ability. Get the draw or try to win then lose? Oh, Oh, get the draw or try and win then lose. Try to win and lose. Oh, no, get the draw. Rainy Thursday night away to Grimsby or hot, sweaty Sunday in Dhaka? Hot, sweaty Sunday in Dhaka. Favourite boots? Boots, um, Adidas, Copper Mundials. Favourite coach? Favourite coach? You can't say Sean Lane. You can't say Sean Lane. I'll say Sean Lane, Matt Ward or James McLean. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> limited now, I know, a bit limited. Uh, I'm going to go, like, can I give you two? Historical and current. Uh, 
Go on then. Yeah. Uh, Jorgen Klopp right now because of his he's an inspiration. And Sir Bobby Robson. <laughs> I just realised, I think I've got 20 questions, but it doesn't matter. Who would you rather fight? Graeme Souness or Roy Keane? Um, Roy Keane, he's, I think he's a bit shorter. <laughs> so I'll have the reach on him. Go scary. Souness <laughs> makes me scared. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want Souness to, I think he'd probably just slide tackle me, take me out of the knees. So maybe Keane as well. Don't know. Yeah, I'll go with Keane. Got the reach. You've got 100 million to spend on the player. Which position, which position do you spend it in? Position to spend in 100 million. I'm going to go with what I initially thought. Um, a goal scoring attacking midfielder. Best win as a coach. Best win as a coach. Um, I'm going to say some good moments in Bangladesh, but winning the with the African team Vietnam, we won our first um, regional title um, in Ho Chi Minh City, uh, which was in 2018. And there was lots, lots going on behind the scenes in terms of trying to make us not win it. But we still, but we still, um, we still triumphed and we won it for the first time in however many years, which was fantastic. And then we defended it the year after. So. so there you go. Who would have thought a pod episode between two coaches who are both title winners? You can't make that up. Love it. Yeah. Next question. Worst loss as a coach? Ooh, worst loss. Worst loss was this year uh, in, in Bangladesh Premier League. And we were doing... We, we, we are doing really well, but we lost against our bitter rivals, um, Abani Dhaka, in our third, no, third game, fourth game, fourth game. Uh, Dhaka Derby, biggest clubs in the biggest clubs in the country. We beat them last year four nil in um, when we were fighting to, to stay, stave off relegation, and they they beat us four nil this year, and that was pretty oh, demoralising. Fixed. If you had to wear a coloured boot, which colour is it? Well, as many of my friends will tell you, I often don out a coloured boot <laughs> to match the kit. Uh, and currently I wear green boots. Right, it's not even a trick question then. There you go. Half-time half snack, oranges or bananas? Oranges, bananas give me a bad tummy sometimes. So you'll have to get a hot, hot coffee in a plastic cup. Yeah. Oh, them. A, sugary cup of tea. a sugary cup of tea, thanks. Yeah. Nil-nil at half-time in an FA Cup to the bigger team, uh, against a bigger team. Do you go for the win or do you come out pragmatic for the second half? Ooh. De depends how much of a bigger team are they. And... Do we have, do we have the, the personnel to go and win the game? So For me, I'd all, like, if I was being honest, I'd say I was going to go. I'd go out and try and win it. 
yeah, we, we did that. In, in China, we played against um, Suning. So Suning at the time, uh, Jiangsu Suning. So they were a champion, uh, Chinese Super League team, FA Cup third round. And they had Ramirez from Chelsea. Yeah. They had Teixeira, who was on the radar yeah. of Bayern Munich, Leverkusen, Liverpool. Yeah. Amazing. And they had Big Joe, the Brazilian, what used to play for Man City. <laughs> and I'm saying, I'm sat on the bench. I think I said to Louis or something, I said, bloody hell, Joe's caught on some timber. Then he lets off a lightning bolt. I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop saying stuff. It was like a big boomerang. Nil-nil. <laughs> We're playing most of our reserve players. Ramirez is getting roughed up. We're really digging deep. Nil-nil. Second half, we go out, try and win, and we lose 3-0. See you later. See you later. Game over. Well, at least you tried. You never know. At least we tried. Cup final venue to coach in, if you could choose one. Anyone? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say Wembley. But old other one, old old say again. Old Wembley or new one? Well, I'll never get a chance in the old one, so I'm going to say new one. <laughs> but I also I yeah. keep, keep it real. So, sorry for my uh, <laughs> lack of <laughs> lack of detailed question. <laughs> but, the other, but the other thing is, there, Matt. I, I, you know, you know, we talked about ABC. I, I said that because I, I, I really, I don't know how far off that is, like a pipe dream. But I really think I, one day it might happen. No, exactly right. So that's why you made the right choice. Or I did think maybe San Siro or the Bernabeu. That was the other two that were in my head. Okay, well, you chose Wembley now. You can't go back on that, okay, unfortunately. Uh, a ball-playing goalkeeper, but poor with hands, or one who can actually keep a goal, but is really poor with his feet or her feet. Yeah, goalkeeper's got to be able to save it. So, yeah, goalkeeper who can actually keep the ball out of the net. What's the most hated thing during a match for you? What do you hate? What gets on your nerves? From, from, from what? From what perspective? Players or...? During a match, anything. What, what can't you stand? What really grates you? Um, what grates me is if there is an obvious bias from officials. officials. And yeah. I proved that this season by getting sent off. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. But it makes you feel good for about a second, then you feel bad. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, it grated me for the whole game. and I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, and, yeah, I was, I'd been quiet for about 15 minutes and I, I just erupted when a guy nearly broke one of our players' legs and didn't get a caution for it. And I was like, right, that's it. You're, you're all cheating. <laughs> you're all cheating. We had, we had about three, we had two penalties that should be given. Everything went against us. And yeah, I lost the plot. Well then, deserved. I agree. You did the right thing. Two more questions. The thing that makes you most nervous in a game? Most or apprehensive? Nervous. Um, most nervous. 
don't know. I don't know if I feel nerves. So, oh, nerves of soonness. Nothing gets to you. That's fine. That can be. That can be. That can be an answer. I feel excited. I've got like no, you know, I've got like a, an excitement running through me, adrenaline. Yeah. I don't feel nervous. Last question: Your dream coaching job. Dream coaching job. Um, so this could be so all the the national federations out there. I would love to take one of your male or female teams to a major championship throughout the the process, qualifying all the way through to the through to going to the championship and hopefully winning, but at least representing the country well. Then let's see if this happens. Let's see. Only happen if we make it happen. You've got to start the ball rolling somewhere. Exactly. So whoever's listening. So, <laughs> so, yeah, to, whoever's listening to this, start somewhere. <laughs> exactly. exactly. James, yeah. great to chat, mate. Fantastic. Loved it. Loved it. I think love the chat. I love talking to a, another title-winning coach. Yes, we are winning coaches. Tick that off. Yeah, beautiful. And I hope that more British, Irish and Northern Irish coaches also become title winning coaches in the future. Good luck to everyone. Wish you all the best. Thank you for listening, everyone. And keep a lookout for when we do have Stephen Constantine on because it's going to be a great one. Now, although it is going to be mainly for British Football Coaches Network members, it will be passively put out into the public as well. Sorry about that, but if you do want to hear the full episode, you can just join the British Football Coaches Network, which will be a great investment of £4 each month, even if you do it for a month, just for yourself and to hear Stephen and some words of wisdom. James, enjoy your swimming pool. We didn't talk about it today. We'll save that for next week. Thanks, Matt. Great talking to you. And I think there's been a lot of value in there today. Um, I certainly enjoyed it and I think it's uh, anybody got a spare hour get your headphones in and get listening me too mate enjoyed it also thank you take care and thank you for listening everyone you can find this episode and all the others by subscribing to the developing your football world podcast on stitcher on apple pods or apple podcasts and all the other ones like Spotify and every single platform. If you just type into Google the title of the pod, it will come up and you can subscribe to it to get notified on all new material or all new episodes. See you later. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye.